Day with the King is a 3ABN Australia television production developed to teach children about the Sabbath and to lead them through a study of the Bible. Remember to download your weekly study guide at adaywiththeking.com. So come on kids, join us now and each week for A Day with the King. G'day, I'm Auntie Nat. It's great that you could all join us to meet with the King. Come and join our worship time together. Hello, Auntie Cecily. It's great you could join us again. Hello, Auntie Nat. Hello, children. It's great that you could come and meet the King. And hello, Teddy. It's great that you could be here too. Auntie Cecily, would you please um, say a prayer for us to worship, to open our worship time together? Yes. Dear God, thank you for bringing us safely through another week. And thank you for your Sabbath. And thank you for all the boys and girls who are able to join us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Do you know this is a great time to reflect on our week and see how God has blessed us. Nick, you have a blessing for us. Um, once my cat was lost and um, he was lost for four days and everyone was praying um, for him and um, hoping he would be okay. And um, everyone was really scared. So um, mum had been door knocking and trying to find out if they've seen him for um, a few days. And then she went to our next door neighbours and um, she heard um, a meowing under their house. So they let him out and they found him under there. And um, that was a really good blessing. That's great, Nick. Thanks for sharing that blessing with us. Aunty Cecily, you have a blessing to share with us about the Sabbath. Yes. When Jesus comes again to take us to heaven and then gives us an earth made new, we will still be keeping the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. That's what Isaiah 66, 22 and 23 tells us. For eternity, Sabbath will continue. So if we're going to be keeping the Sabbath in heaven, we should get used to keeping it on this earth. Mm. Keeping the Sabbath is a sign of our love for God. And by it, we let people know that he is our king. Praise God. Thanks, Cecily, for sharing that with us. Do you know another way we can worship God is through song? And we have Pastor Rick here with us. Thanks, Pastor Rick. Hi, boys and girls. Let's sing the song, Remember the Sabbath.
Pastor Rick, do you think we could sing Oh Friend Do You Love Jesus? I think we certainly can. Oh friend, do you love Jesus? Oh yes, I love Jesus. Are you sure you love Jesus? I'm sure I love Jesus. And why do you love Jesus? Here's why I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. Are you sure you love Jesus? I'm sure I love Jesus. And why do you love Jesus? Is why I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. Jesus? Yes, it's a great song. Let's sing it together. Be like Jesus, this my song, in the home and in the throne. Be like Jesus all day long. I would be like Jesus. Be like Jesus, this my song, in the home and in be like Jesus all day long. I will be like Jesus. Thanks, Pastor Rick. It's great to share God and worship God in song. Ben, we discovered a blessing at Sunnyside this week. Will we share that with the children at home? Yes. Okay, let's go have a look at that. Hello boys and girls, my name is Dr. John Hammond. Welcome to the Australian home of Mrs. Ellen White. Come with me, I've got some stories to tell you. Thank you for coming back to listen to another story about Ellen. Now I want you to do something because I want you to do what your mother did probably as soon as you were born. Hold up your fingers. Have you got 10? Yes. You know, my son is a doctor. He delivers lots of babies. And sometimes a baby is born with an extra finger. And as soon as they do that, they just snip it off and the baby grows up normally. It happens quite often. But every now and again, someone is born with a finger missing or a funny hand because we don't all develop the same way and that is why our mums always look at our fingers and toes when we are born. A little girl called Katie lived here in Kurumbong. Her name was Katie Innes and she was four years old and at the age of four you start to notice the other boys and girls have got more fingers than I do. 
When I was a little boy, I lived in a town called Kempsey. And there was a man there who worked in a sawmill. And he was sawing a piece of wood one day and he was looking the wrong way. And the saw went and took off his thumb. He was so sad because he was an elder. He could no longer shake hands with people because it felt so strange and you go, yuck. And finally he came to my father. My father was a surgeon. He said, doctor, he said, what can we do? I can't be an elder because I'm too ashamed about my missing thumb. And my dad said, I'll tell you what I can do. I can take your big toe, cut it off, and I can stitch it and sew it and graft it onto your hand and then I'll trim it and nobody will know that it's not a thumb. He did that, the man was so happy. He went back to church, he could shake people's hands, he could even suck his toe in church. But little Katie, she knew she had a problem because her hand was very small and very, very thin. And after church, Alan used to meet them all up in the foyer where the big village church is now, but it was a wooden church. And she knew all the kids by names, but she saw that Katie would stand back and she would always cover her hand. And when she wasn't covering her hand, she would put it behind her back. She was very sad. And one day when she was seven, Alan called her and she said, come here, show me your hand. He said, she said, you've got a beautiful hand, but I want to have a meeting with you in heaven. And I'm going to look at your hand and I'm going to ask you how you used your withered, imperfect hand to help Jesus while you were living on earth. And Alan went home and she never met Katie again, but Katie grew up. She got married. She became a midwife, delivers babies, and she went to live in Indonesia. And she became one of the most famous midwives in the whole country of Java because her hand was so small that sometimes when a baby is being born, it is very, very difficult when you've got a big hand to help the baby be born. And because she had only three fingers and they were very long, her hand was small and very thin, she was able to help deliver babies without them being hurt. And when she gets to heaven, she's going to meet Alan. And I'm sure she can hardly wait. And I suspect when she meets Jesus, she will even say, thank you for letting me be born the way I was because I helped so many babies come into this world because of my deformity. And boys and girls, and all of you who are listening, there may be some of you who are not pretty. You may think you're not very smart. You may think you haven't got everything right with your body. You may think that there are other people who are better and smarter and quicker, but Jesus chose you to be exactly the way you are because he has a work for every one of us and he used Alan all her life. Hasn't that been wonderful? Thank you. G'day boys and girls, happy Sabbath. Welcome to our Bible study. I hope you have your Bibles ready to read along with us. Auntie Cecily, can you please pray for us? 
Dear Father, thank you for bringing us together on another Sabbath to study your word. We pray that you would be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, Liam, what happened last Sabbath? Who was it about? Joseph became the Prime Minister of Egypt mm. and he also saved Egypt from starvation. Yes, he did, didn't he? Through God. God helped him to do that. We're going to read what happens about Joseph's family. Okay, Liam, you're going to read our first verse again. It's Genesis 42, 1 to 5. Genesis 42, 1 to 5. When Jacob saw that there was grain in Egypt, Jacob said to his sons, why do you look at one another? And he said, Indeed, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down to that place and buy for us there, that we may live and not die. So Joseph's ten brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt. But Jacob did not send Joseph's brother Benjamin with his brothers, for he said, Lest calamity befall him. And the sons of Israel went to buy grain among those who journeyed for the famine was in the land of Canaan. So the famine had stretched all the way to Canaan from Egypt to Joseph's family. And Jacob sends the ten brothers down to buy some food. Now, did Jacob send Benjamin? No, because no, he was afraid something would happen to him just like what happened to Joseph. Ella, you're going to read Genesis 42, 6 to 9, please. Now Joseph was governor over the land, and it was he who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he acted as a stranger to them and spoke roughly to them. Then he said to them, Where do you come from? And they said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. So Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. Then Joseph remembered about the dreams which he had dreamt about them. And they said to them, You are spies, and you have come to see the nakedness of the land. So the brothers don't recognize him, do they? No. no. Joseph was wearing Egyptian clothes and he was all grown up. But Joseph recognizes his brothers. Now, what about all those dreams that Joseph had? Were his brothers bowing down to him? Yes. yes. So those dreams came true, didn't they? They did. Praise the Lord. But he's really concerned that that Benjamin is not with, with them and he's worried that something's happened to them. So he throws them into prison. Okay, Elijah, you are going to read for us Genesis 42, 18 to 20. Then Joseph said to them on the third day, Do this and live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers be confined to your prison house, but you go and carry grain for the famine of your houses and bring your youngest brother to me so your words will be verified and you shall not die. And they did so. So Joseph's testing them. He wants to know that Benjamin is very safe. Okay, Nick, let's read Genesis 42 to 42, 21, please. Then they said to one another, we are truly guilty concerning our brother, for we saw the anguish of his soul. When he pleaded with us, we would not hear. Therefore, this distress has come upon us. Mm. Let's have a look at our torchlight, Mrs White's writings, and see what she has to shine on this verse. Elijah, would you please read that for us? 
During the years since Joseph had been separated from his brothers, these sons of Jacob had changed in character. The three days in the Egyptian prison were days of bitter sorrow as the brothers reflected upon their past sins. So do you think Joseph's brothers were starting to feel bad what they've done to Joseph? Yes. Yes. And do you know what I think God had been working on their hearts all these years? Do you know that if we ask God, he can forgive us for our sins and he can change our hearts too. Let's look at Psalms 5110, our memory verse, and let's read that together and see what the Bible promises us. Are you ready? Creating me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. So if we read the last part of verse 24, the Bible tells us that Joseph chose Simeon to stay back in prison and he let the other brothers go home to buy grain. In verse 25, Joseph orders that the money the brothers brought with them to pay for the food be put back in their sacks. Let's see what happens next. Kate, can you please read for us Genesis 42:28? So he said to his brothers, my money has been restored, and there it is in my sack. Then their hearts failed them, and they were afraid, saying to one another, What is this that God has done to us? Mm. So one of the problems that the brothers had when they sold Joseph as a slave to the traders, it was lying, and they lied to their father about the disappearance of Joseph. I think Joseph was testing them to find out to see whether their character had been changed. The brothers finally got home and they told their father Jacob all that what happened. Okay, Aunty Cecily, you're going to read for us Genesis 42, 36 and 38. And Jacob, their father, said to them, You have bereaved me. Joseph is no more. Simeon is no more. And you want to take Benjamin? All these things are against me. But he said, My son shall not go down with you for his brother is dead, and he is left alone. If any calamity should befall him along the way in which you go, then you would bring down my grey hair with sorrow to the grave. Oh, Jacob was really sad, wasn't he? He was upset. He'd lost his son Joseph, but was he really lost? No. no, he didn't know that. His son Simeon was in jail, and then Benjamin was supposed to go down next time they bought food. Otherwise, they'd all starve. Sarah, you're going to read for us Genesis 43, 1 to 3, please. Now the famine was severe in the land, and it came to pass when they had eaten up the grain which they had bought from Egypt, that their father said to them, Go back, buy us a little food. But Judah spoke to him, saying, The man solemnly warned us, saying, You shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. Mm. So the famine's still on. They've got no food and Jacob wants the boys to go down and buy more food. But Judah says, there's no point us going down. Who did they have to have if they went back down? Benjamin. Benjamin. Okay, Liam, you're going to read our next verse, Genesis 43, 9. I myself will be surety for him. From my hand you shall require him. If I do not bring him back to you and set him before you, 
then let me bear the blame forever. Mm, so Judah told his father he would bear the blame if anything happened to Benjamin. And if we were to read Genesis 42:37, Reuben said he would allow his two sons to die if he didn't bring Benjamin back alive. Did they act like that way with Joseph? No. No, they hated him, couldn't get wait to get rid of him. But now they're saying they would do everything to bring back Benjamin alive. Do you think God has changed their hearts? Yes. I think he has. Do you know what? It was a hard decision, but Jacob finally consents to Benjamin to go down to Egypt to buy grain. So off they go back down to Egypt. Okay. Now, when they go back down, Joseph sees they have Benjamin. And so he sends them to their house for a meal. Ella, you're going to read Genesis 44, 1 to 2 for us. And he commanded the steward of his house, saying, Fill the men's sacks with food as much as they can carry, and put each man's money in the mouth of his sack. Also put my cup, the silver cup, in the mouth of the sack of the youngest, and his grain money. So he did according to the word that Joseph had spoken. Mm. So if we were to continue to read, the Bible tells us that after the brothers had left, Joseph's men ran after them. And who do you think that cup was found in? Whose sack? Benjamin's. Benjamin's. Oh, the brothers were so upset. How were they going to face their father going home without Benjamin? But do you know what? Judah begs Joseph to keep him as a slave instead of Benjamin. And do you know what? Joseph then knew that the brothers had full repentance for what they had done. Joseph was satisfied and he revealed himself to his brothers. And Genesis 45 tells of that reunion. Elijah, you're going to read that for us. Genesis 45, 14 and 15. Then he fell on his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept on his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. And after that, his brothers talked with him. Wow. So God did bring something good out of something bad. Pharaoh was so grateful for what Joseph had done for his country. And he was very happy that Joseph had found his family again. He wanted his family to come down to Egypt and live in Goshen on the edge of Egypt because there was still five years of famine to go. Joseph was reunited and they, the family lived in peace together. Thank you, boys and girls, for joining us and reading the Bible. It was great to have you along with us today. It's been wonderful that you've joined us as we've journeyed through the book of Genesis. We hope you have enjoyed it as much as we have. Always remember that God loves you so much. If you give your heart to him like Joseph did, God can bring you out of what seems something disastrous into something very good. Trust him, pray to him and read his word and watch him turn your life around, just as he did in the story of Joseph and his brothers, as well as the many other stories that we have read about in the book of Genesis. May God bless each and every one of you. When we read our Bibles, our hearts can be touched and changed by the Holy Spirit. God wants our hearts. He wants to spend eternity with you. God wants you to read your Bibles every day so he can communicate with you and tell you how much he loves you. Auntie Nat, would you tell us about the devotional that relates to our study today? Sure. Yes, we have a seven day devotional study available on Joseph and his brothers, the subject we studied together today. This devotional expands on what we learnt. You can download it and print it free from the website on the screen. 
This will help you read your Bible every day and spend time getting to know God. Aunty Cecily, will we go over our memory verse? Yes. Children, are you ready to say it all together? Yes. Psalm 51.10 Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Aunty Nat, do you think it'd be nice if the boys and girls joined us in singing our blessing song this time? I think that would be really lovely. Girls and boys, can you turn around? And we're going to sing to the children at home. spend time with my family and listening to nature. On Sabbath, I like spending time with my friends and listening to the sermon and having lunch together. You have been listening to a production of 3AB in Australia Television. God bless you kids. Remember to join us next week.